Good afternoon, and welcome to our an online version of the message we're going to be looking at uh, Sunday morning at our Sunday School picnic. If you were not able to join us there, I hope that uh, God's Word still speaks to you uh, just the same as you are sitting on your couch today. How many of you like water? I love water. What's your favorite thing to do with water? Some people like to go boating in the water, tubing behind a boat. I usually dare the person to knock me off if I'm tubing behind a boat and say, do it if you can. Uh, some people like just sitting there by the beach and watching the water. Some people like throwing water balloons. Uh, some people like running through a sprinkler. Some people just enjoy a cool glass and drinking it. You know, when we were on our vacation a couple weeks ago, uh, we tried to plan each thing we went to would be around water. Uh, if you remember the parasailing that Caleb, Caleb and I did at Lake Coeur d'Alene, if you remember that when the guy said he would get us wet, I said, get us as wet as possible. I don't know what that means, but that's what I want. I don't know if that means I'm only getting my feet wet or up to my knees like we did, or if it's going to be my waist or up to my neck, but whatever it meant, that's what I wanted because I love water. Well, the next day, and some of you know the story, but the next day we went back to Coeur d'Alene Lake and we did not go parasailing again. But we decided we're going to get uh, a two-person kayak, and we're going to get two paddle boards, and we're going to go out on the water on Lake Coeur d'Alene. Well, Leslie and I decided we were going to sit on the kayak and, and try to keep her dry. At some point, I was going to switch with one of the boys, but she wanted to stay dry. So Noah and Caleb, they're out on these paddle boards. Caleb is just like his dad, falling off all over the place, getting wet. Somehow, Noah stays dry. And so after like 15 minutes, I'm like, I'm dying to get out there on this paddleboard. So we swap places, and I do exactly what Caleb's doing. I'm on the paddleboard, I'm falling off all, all sorts of places. Well, at one point, I got a little too close to the kayak, and there's all sorts of things went wrong all at the same time. There was a big ferry that was trying to leave. We're kind of in the way. We're trying to get out of the way, and I fall off my paddleboard right into the kayak, and Leslie and Kit Noah go thump, right into the water. And guess what? Our stuff went in the water too. We had towels. Uh, thankfully, Leslie is prepared and we had a dry bag that we could rent for $2 so we could put all our valuable stuff into it. Otherwise, I would have lost my wallet, my keys, my uh, phone, everything. It would have all went down to the bottom of the lake. Thankfully for my wife. But everybody was now soaking wet. A little bit of a shock to Leslie's system getting wet like that, but anyway, we finished up our day. Everybody's wet, having lots and lots of fun in the water. Water is very important. It's fun to play in. It's important to drink. Uh, a vast majority of your body is made out of water, and and there's I'm so thankful that I have enough water to drink. Whether it's coming from my RO system or the distiller, or you can go to the store and you can buy umpteen different flavors or brands of water that are supposedly from different creeks up in the mountains. Uh, but, you know, we all need water. And it's very important that we have it. And it's easily accessible. But it wasn't always that way. You know, you think about the Bible times. They didn't have faucets that you just go to in the, after you walk, if you need to wash your hands in the restroom, or if you need a drink, or if you need a shower. It was not that easy. It was a lot harder to get water. Well, in today's passage, guess what we're going to be talking about? That's right, that five-letter word, W-A-T-E-R, water. And we're going to be talking about the physical importance of water, but also some of that spiritual 
water that we need as well. So uh, we're going to be in John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14, where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. I'm sure you're probably familiar with the details of this, so I'm going to try to make that part brief. But we're going to land on this idea of water, both temporary and permanent, and how we need both. So Jesus is with his disciples. They're going from Judea to some place up here called Galilee, but right in between was this whole area called Samaria. And a lot of Jews, instead of going through Samaria to get to Galilee, they would go make this big loop around in order to avoid that area. Well, Jesus says, you know what, disciples? We are not going to go around. We are going to go through. There's something important, really, that needs to take place. So Jesus and his disciples go through Samaria, and finally they stop. And Jesus stops by well. Jesus is tired probably thirsty, and he decides just to kind of sit there and wait. The disciples then go into town to get food to bring back for them to eat before, I'm assuming they continue their journey on. Well, while Jesus is sitting there, a woman comes walking up, probably hot and sweaty, carrying whatever container she has or, or pulling a wagon with a pot. I don't know what she did, but she was coming up clearly with the, the goal and the desire to get water. And Jesus sees this. And he says to the woman, can I have a drink? And the woman is kind of taken back because Jews and Samaritans really didn't get along. Uh, even in verse 9, it says, the Samaritan woman uh, says, how can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Pretty common of that day. Well, Jesus, I'm sure, is thirsty. It says in this passage that Jesus is tired. He's come along. They've come a long way. And I'm sure... You know, he's, he's sweating. You know, he's got that human body that we have. And he probably is thirsty. But this is about more than just getting a physical drink to drink. This is about something that Jesus actually wants to give her. There's a temporary need that she's after, but Jesus wants to give her something more permanent. So, I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus, yes, it's after a drink, but Jesus really wants to give her the gift of God. and said, if you really understood who I was and what I, what I could give you, you'd be asking me for it. But she totally misses it because in verse 11 and 12, we find that she's, she's pretty much saying, where's your rope? Where's your bucket? How are you going to get water? The water's deep, or the, the well is deep. It's far down there. How are you going to get water uh, in order to give me anything? But this is how the scripture puts it. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the, wa the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Fair question. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as also did his sons and his flocks and his herds? She, she's totally missing this boat. Jesus has a gift that he could give her. And do you know what that gift is? It's the gift of salvation. He wants to give her salvation, and all she can see is her temporary need and how she wants this to be fulfilled and how she can have a permanent uh, drink without needing more water. Well, what we're going to see for just a couple minutes is there is a temporary need that each of us has that can only be satisfied temporarily. Obviously. But it's a picture, or it's, it's something to cement in your mind. And hopefully by the time you're done, 
it will be cemented in your mind that every time you see water, or every time, hmm, good stuff. Anytime you're thirsty and you get a drink, I'm going to need another drink, but Jesus wants to give you something that's permanent, that's going to last forever. So, verse 13, Jesus is building up this object lesson, trying to create this need in her so he can tell her ultimately what she really needs. And Jesus answered, after she said, the well is deep, how are you going to give me any water? Verse 13, Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water down in this deep hole is going to thirst again. Makes perfect sense. You know, this woman is going to get water, and she's probably going to drink some and maybe pour some over herself because she's hot. And when she goes home, after that long trek back home, she's going to need water again. She's probably going to take another drink. And then the next day, she'll come back and get more water. It's very, very common. You know, if you, if you take a shower, do you just take a shower one day and you're clean forever? I know, your kids will say, yes, I'm clean, Mom, right? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. If you took a drink today, like I just did with my water, do you think that's enough even for today? No way. I'm going to need to drink a lot more. Now, I realize we all need different amounts of water. You know, I'm, I'm inside the church. It's not a air-conditioned cooled in the, the nursery where I'm at right now, but I'm a lot cooler than a lot of people are right now who are out haying and working cows and things like that. They drink way more water. But whatever, whether you drink a cup a day or a gallon a day, it, will, it satisfies for a moment, and that's it. And Jesus points that out because he wants her to understand that you have a temporary need that you're trying to meet. And you can to some extent, but you have a greater need that you cannot meet. And it's something that's going to last for eternity. And oh, by the way, I have what you really need. So the temporary need of water that you drink is going to satisfy you temporarily. But there's a permanent need that you have that can be satisfied for all eternity. And that, that permanent need shows up here in verse 14. It says, But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this woman at that point wants this water. She says, give it to me. She's looking at it kind of like the everlasting gobstopper. You know, if you've seen the movie Charlie and Chocolate Factory, he gives, Willy Wonka gives each kid a little gobstopper that's supposed to last forever. She says, I don't ever want to do this again. It's hot out here. I get sweaty. It's a long trip. I got to do this day after day, maybe even twice a day. I don't want to do this anymore. Give me that water. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus First of all, it talks about the gift that he could give her, but also this water that's willing up to eternal life. Now, what is this water that he wants to give her? Well, if we turn over to the chapter 7, uh, verses 37 to 39 of the same book of John, we find out exactly what this water is. It says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Not, we're not going to spout holes and liquid's not going to flow from our body. But it says in verse 39, By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Because at that point the Holy Spirit hadn't come because Jesus was still here. Once Jesus went up to heaven, which we saw at the start of the book of Acts a long time ago, 
the Holy Spirit came. And now he's living and dwelling inside of people. So you have this free gift of salvation. And then you have this Holy Spirit who comes and lives inside of you, welling up to eternal life. You get to have a permanent gift. You know, water, you get thirsty. I go run. I get thirsty, I need more. But you get salvation one time and you keep it forever. You don't need to ever go back and get more. You don't need you don't run out of it. You get to have that salvation forever. You know, there's a lot of people in the world today, some of your friends, some of your family, maybe even you, who's trying to satisfy everything in your life with what the world says. You know, the world says what's important is your success. It's your, your money. It's your hobbies. It's, there's all sorts of pleasures that the world is trying to offer and say, you need this. And you as a human are thirsting for that. You, you thirst for meaning. You thirst for hope. You thirst for uh, pleasures and success and toys and things like that of this world. And the world says, we have just what you need. You just get that job and you're going to be happy. Oh, you just buy that pickup? You're going to be happy. If you just go on this vacation, it's going to make you happy. And for a time it does. You know, it, it makes, you, you enjoy those pleasures. And while you're a part of it, you're like, man, I feel fulfilled. I feel happy. Everything is good. But once that's done, how do you feel? You feel empty. You feel like that wasn't what I was expecting. I need to go find something else. Do you know what that something else is? That something else is Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit inside of you to give you that hope, to give you that peace. But you need to go to Him. You know, we as Christians, it's easy to fall into the same category as the unsaved person. Right? The unsaved person doesn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them to help them to have peace, to help them to have satisfaction, to have purpose. Outside of what the world says. But sometimes we as Christians, we go chasing those things. I know I have Jesus, but I'll be happy if I get that job. I'll be happy once my bank account says this number. I'll be happy once I get to go through that experience. That will make me happy. And that doesn't make God happy. The fact we're trying to be happy in everything else besides Him. Yes, enjoy the boat. Yes, enjoy the pickup. Yes, enjoy the money in the bank account. But don't look at those things to make you happy. Ultimately, those things are going to fail. They are meant to be temporary, and they will only bring you a temporary pleasure. Jesus was for is for all eternity. So Jesus is one who can satisfy for all eternity. First of all, he gives you salvation. He doesn't make you earn it. He doesn't make you work for it. He doesn't make you beg and plead. He just says, "Turn to me, all you who are weary." You know, all you who need salvation, Come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you salvation. You know, it's if we are looking for purpose in our life, don't try to find it in what the world says. That's what's going to matter. Say, what is what Jesus is asking me to do? He can give you purpose in that. If you, if you need hope, don't find hope in the political scene. Don't find hope in your money. Don't find hope in, in your own abilities. Find hope in Jesus. This world... And this too shall pass. This world is temporary. It's going to go away. Go to Jesus. He is more than enough to bring you hope. He's more than enough to bring you happiness. He's more than enough to bring salvation. So please, when you, when you go to the fridge or you go to the tap and you say, 
man, I'm so thankful that I have water to drink or a Pepsi to drink or, or some of you like Coke or tea. When you have something to drink, you're going to come back. You're going to need more water. Let that be a reminder that when I'm... Jesus is more than enough. Praise God for easy water. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I thank you for being more than enough. I know, God, the world's running around trying to find purpose and meaning and pleasures and satisfaction in what this world has to offer. And those are temporary. They are not going to satisfy forever. But God, we know that you are more than enough for salvation. You are more than enough for our happiness and our hope and our peace. Please, God, don't let us get fall into the trap of what the world says is important. Let us, God, find our hope and our happiness in you and find our ultimate satisfaction in what you have for us and what you have us for, for us to do. I pray this in Jesus' name.